हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नम वी मस्ट एक्ट इज द इम्पोर्ट ऑफ द नेक्स्ट चैप्टर बाई पूजा गुरुदेव ही हेज टेक रेफरेंस फ्रॉम द भगवद गीता चैप्टर टू वर्स नंबर फोर्टी सेवन वन ऑफ द वेरी पावरफुल मैसेजेस ऑफ श्री कृष्णा वे ही सेज कर्मण्ये वादिकस्तु मा फलेशु कदाचना मीनिंग आवर राइट is to act but not to the fruits of the action in the bhagavad gita very often the consequences that result from actions is referred to as fruits in this verse it's saying we have to act and we have claim only to the action we have no claim over the results Gurudev used to explain this using two different analogies. One was in a factory hundreds of people are working. Let's say they're making a car. One of the people in the assembly line would have to put the screw on to attach the door to the body of the car. That would be his only job. The body of the car would then move along and somebody else would put in the window somebody else would put in the windscreen wipers etc 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 so any one person in the factory cannot claim the end result the entire car they are doing only one bit of the overall job so too in our lives each one of us contribute in some way or the other but we don't have claim to the overall outcome we have claim only to do the job that we do extremely well and that's what's meant here by karmaniya vadikarastu and understanding this understanding that we can only have control over the action and not over the results krishna then goes on to say ma karma falahetorbi don't get attached to the actions results and don't be pining over a particular result as you're doing the action understanding that you have no claim to it and then he goes even further to say ma te sangostva karmani understanding that we don't have claim to the result don't slip into inaction not wanting to do action at all in this chapter Gurudev asserts that we must act. The most common question would be how can I act unless I have a desire? I'm not going to work towards something unless I want it. And this holds true. We will only work when we want something. But wanting it, setting it as the goal after we fix the goal while doing the action, then focus on the action. there's a fable that confucius used to say about a young daughter-in-law a young woman who had just gotten married after about a year of living in her in-laws homes she comes to the village doctor the the medicine man and she says you have to help me i am in desperate desperate need of your help so the elderly medicine man says yes dear tell me and she says i just can't i just can't do it anymore and she breaks down and she's weeping 
Very patiently, the elderly medicine man waits for her to collect herself, let the emotions settle down, and then says, what's wrong? She answers that her mother-in-law is just so incredibly unbearable. She's constantly telling her what to do. She's forever criticizing what is done. She always wants things to be done differently or has a comment to make about everything said or done. And so she, she rattles off for a good 10 to 15 minutes all her complaints and her heartaches about living with this woman who just doesn't appreciate her. And she said she just couldn't take it anymore. And if she would please, please, please help. So he asked, and what do you propose I do? And she looks at him with these pleading eyes and says, please give me poison so that I can kill her. So the elderly man sat back and thought, okay, but we have to do this well. If you kill her, people will know that she's been murdered and they will immediately suspect the person that dislikes her. Does she have any enemies? So the young girl said, well, no one in particular. So then the medicine man looked at her and said, then they'll think it's you because people must be aware that y'all don't get along. And she thought about it and it made perfect sense. Yes, she could be caught because people would understand that it was her that poisoned her mother-in-law. So the elderly man very tenderly said, why don't we poison her very, very slowly? And so the effect of this poison will only take place after a year. And in that time, you can completely change your behavior. You should act in such a way that your mother-in-law just adores you and thinks that there's no one better that her son could have married. And the whole village should know how much she adores you. And so when she actually is killed, nobody at all suspects you. The young girl thought, wow, this was such an ingenious plan. She had come to the right person and she agreed completely. So the medicine man packed her a small pouch and said every month come back for a little bit more and just put a very, very little in only her dinner. Because remember, we can't do this very quickly or we'll get caught. The young girl goes back home feeling very empowered. She felt she had been heard, she had been understood and that she now has control and she's doing something about it. And that evening itself, she thought she has to change the relationship. And so she was so attentive to the mother-in-law. She prepared everything the way that she knew the mother-in-law liked it to be prepared. She served it piping hot and she stood waiting for any feedback that could be given on how it could be improved. The mother-in-law thought this was very unusual and strange behavior, but didn't make too much of it. Ate the meal and went off to bed. The next morning, the young girl woke up earlier than normal and started her chores before she would normally do. Again, the mother-in-law woke up and was quite surprised to see her daughter-in-law so duty-bound and so diligent in doing all her chores. Again thought it unusual, 
but let it pass. After two, three days, the daughter-in-law started speaking very affectionately and praising the mother-in-law. By this point, the mother-in-law became very suspicious and became very reserved, watched with alertness, thinking what could possibly be going on. She thought maybe it's a mood and it will pass, but the daughter-in-law remained very consistent in being affectionate, in praising her mother-in-law, in being duty-bound with all the chores and, and in keeping up public appearances. Every month, she would go back to the medicine man, collect her little pouch of powder, come back and put only a very little in the dinner. Each day feeling she was getting closer to her goal, she would find the inspiration to be even more affectionate. She would do things unasked for. She would go the extra mile. She would make it prettier. She would make it tastier. She would do more quantities. She would take work away from her mother-in-law. Even her husband noticed and was very intrigued by the sudden change in his wife. And he was rather enjoying it. He was enjoying all the delicacies that she was cooking. He was enjoying the cheerful mood in the house between his mother and his wife. And he thought, this is perfect. I did marry the perfect woman. As time passed, the mother-in-law had completely softened. And true to what the medicine man had said, she would extensively praise her daughter-in-law in all public gatherings. There would be immense amount of even public affection. And other people would mention that, isn't it amazing how these two get along so well? As it was getting very close to the one year finishing, maybe towards the beginning of the 12th month, when the mother-in-law gave such a genuine hug, looked into the daughter-in-law's eyes and said, I'm so grateful to have you as part of this family. When a little bit of guilt grew to a lot of guilt in the young girl's heart, and she could not bear that she was doing this horrendous thing of killing this woman who has grown to love her so much, and, if truth be told, even she had started loving her mother-in-law a bit. She went running to the medicine man and once again wept, cried and cried. And the medicine man waited attentively for her to dry her tears and asked, What's wrong? And she said, I don't want to kill her. Can you give me something that will make the poison not work, the antidote, so that I don't want to kill her? I love having her around. The house is beautiful. I couldn't think of the house without her now. And the elderly medicine man smiled and said, You can go home. She'll be absolutely fine. The powder I've been giving you every month is vitamins only made her stronger. The change you see is the change you brought about. In her acting, she wanted a particular result. And when our minds are sometimes colored by emotions, 
We don't realize that we don't even want that result. In truth, we would rather have the opposite. Because of certain circumstances, we desire a particular thing, a particular outcome. If circumstances slightly change, the desire too would change. If we can't even trust our own desire, why give it so much importance? Why not just focus on doing the very best we can in that moment with whatever it is we are doing? And therefore, Sri Krishna says, Karma Nyevadikaras Thu. Our right is only to action. And Gurudev reiterates that act we must. We have no choice. Work we must. That liberty to work or not to work does not belong to man. Our luxurious freedom is in choosing to work rightly, in the spirit of love, dedication, sacrifice and joy. And with no anxiety, no fear, no excitement for the results. Think about it. For more information on Chinmaya Mission, visit our website, chinmayamission.com. For all the young adults out there, to know about our upcoming activities at the nearest Chinmaya Mission Center, visit us at chinmayayuvakendra.org. And for all our parents and teachers listening, please visit chinmayakids.org for an interactive experience of spirituality on a digital platform. Spellings of the website are provided in the description field of the podcast.